Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with James Good of ComC. We're going to talk about what's going on right now at ComC and their plans for 2020. Some exciting things going on there. As you know, faithful listeners know, I'm a, uh, the ComC is one of my sponsors as well as uh, I am a customer. I have an account there and I enjoy uh, the way they do things. I've had positive dealings with James and others there. So we're going to talk about ComC, try to do an, uh, uh, episodes about each of the sponsors kind of rotationally, but uh, Beckett Media, you'll get your chance. Beckett Grading, Beckett, Beckett Authentication, uh, Rob Veris at Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, uh, those uh, Mike Fruitman, he, they've been on uh, Heritage Auctions with uh, Chris Ivey, Huggins and Scott. Bill Huggins was on a little while ago, and then Tops and Panini and Upper Deck and some of their representatives. But today, we're just focusing on ComC with James Good. And uh, I'm excited to hear because, as I said, if I hear something good, I can I can act on it. So a lot of exciting things going. ComC continues to uh, to uh, I won't say revise, but uh, let's say innovate. Uh, let's innovate. So tell us what you're excited about in your role at, uh, at ComC, James, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So I am the communications manager at ComC.com. And what that looks like is I handle all of our social media and our marketing and some internal communication as well between our teams. Um, so yeah, we have a, quite a lot going right now. Uh, as of last week, we just announced that we're going to be doing seven day eBay auctions. Uh, that's probably the big thing leading into 2020 that I'm most excited about and that I think a lot of our customers are most excited about. Um, we've been asked for a long time, Hey, are you ever going to roll out auctions on ComC? I know that we did a beta of them. You know, I think it was back in 2013 or 2014. Um, and I, for whatever reason, we just didn't continue it. Um, I wasn't, you know, in a position to understand you know, why why we, you know, even tested them, let alone why we did them back then. Um, but now we are doing them, um, and there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, we're currently running this early bird special, um, so a lot of people have submitted, uh, you know, within the first week of the announcement. Um, those are going to kick off on December 29th. All of those seven day auctions. Um, so yeah, we're we're really excited about it. Our customers are really excited about it, and I think once you know the people who buy on eBay who aren't familiar with the ComC website start seeing, you know, our, our large account on there, start running auctions. Right. I think it's going to generate a lot of excitement on there as well. Uh, I agree. And, and they're all, they're uh, seven day, they're 99 cent minimum bid, I think. And uh, yep. you're trying to, are you limiting it to cards that should go for uh, 25 or more, or are you just letting people put in whatever they want to put in? So we, we've made it explicitly clear and, and we've offered recommendations that, you know, we don't recommend using the service for any cards that won't sell for $25 or more. Um, that being said, we're not vetting. Um, as you know, with ComC, we kind of have this policy of, you know, letting our sellers and letting our buyers, you know, do as they please. You know, our sellers can set an asking price of anything they want for their cards, okay. you know, whether they sell or not. That, that's on them, you know, and we, we do our best to, you know, give people, you know, hey, suggested retail pricing and all, all the data they need to sell the card. But, you know, we, we like to put that power in. We like to empower our customers. So we aren't vetting what they are submitting to auctions. Um, so, so there's a very good chance that some of those cards are going to be under $25. Um, you know, and that's something, you know, you know, all we can do is say, you know, hey, this is the price point that we recommend. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I have taken a look and seen some of the cards that have been submitted so far, and there are some absolutely good cards in there. So it, okay, it'll be so, a very, very interesting run of first auctions. Okay. So you're, but you're the communications guy. So if I'm asking you about it, are you recommending that the sweet spot is $100, is $500, or, or does it even matter just so it's above 25? What, 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 what do you think this is going to shake out to be that, uh, you know, the higher priced cards, I mean, is it going to be the higher, the better? So, I mean, if, if you look at the, the, uh, the transaction or the, the fee structure, obviously it's tailored towards you get a better deal, the higher your card sells for. That being said, uh, you know, if I'm somebody who has, you know, a ton of 25 and $50 cards, 
and I don't have that much into them, maybe I'm okay with taking, you know, a slightly bigger, you know, fee to sell those cards immediately rather than have them, you know, sit at a buy it now price, you know, and wait for a buyer. Um, so what we really want to do with the auction service, you know, we want, again, to empower people to make their own decisions and based off of what they want to do with their cards. You know, obviously we are recommending, you know, that $25 price point as, you know, the minimum. Right. Um, but, but for us, you know, we just, we want to offer a service and we don't want to dictate what comes through the service. So that's why there isn't a, you know, you know, if you try to submit a $3 card or a $5 card, you can do that. You know, there's nothing that prevents you from doing that. So all we can do is do our best to inform and say, Hey, we don't recommend using it for this. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's really on our sellers to, to decide, you know, what they want to do with their cards. Okay. You've given them another uh, thing to think about. I, I just think from what I've understood that ComC has you know, millions of cards there and uh, a, a lot of unique cards, but then there's a bunch of cards that are, uh, well, there's a bunch that are just, uh, you know, base, base common cards that are mm -hmm. the many copies. And I'm just wondering if, is, um, you know, do you get involved in uh, uh, discouraging people if, if somebody sends in their collection to get it submitted, it's probably not the best place if it's, if they're cards that probably are just going to sit there and not sell. But do you, yeah. do you, do you counsel them? Do you communicate to them that, hey, you maybe don't want to put all this stuff on eBay or you don't want to put all this stuff into your, you don't want to pay the, the, it's not the listing fees. It's the, you know, it's just the, you know, the 30 cents a card or more. Yep. Yeah. So we absolutely used to do that. So in the past, it was kind of a, you know, we'll take all kind of, you know, yeah. it would send us everything. And because we've grown to the size that we are, and because they're at some point there, the supply exceeds demand for, you know, base cards and veteran base and, you know, non-numbered serial cards and non-rookie cards and things like that. We do actively discourage that. We actively discourage that people don't send in cards that will sell for a dollar or less. Um, you know, and we want them to have a good experience. We don't want somebody to submit, you know, 300, you know, 90s commons that sell for less than the consignment price at 30 cents and they actively lose money because now they've had a poor experience on our service. Like we, don't want that at all. It, it you know costs them money and time. It, you know it's time for us to process those cards. So whenever we get a batch in that is you know low grade, you know it, it's all beat up, you know eighty stuff or it's stuff that our team easily yeah. recognizes, you know isn't worth putting on the, on on the site. Uh, they usually bring it to the attention of our customer service team, and our customer okay. service team will shoot that consigner an email and say, hey, do you really want to do this? You know, and this is why you shouldn't. This is why you should consider not submitting the or consigning these cards. Right. Well, there's a. Uh... You know, I don't, I guess I don't think this is any big disclosure, but I mean, I, a lot of times I'll pre-screen what I'm going to send in. I don't mm -hmm. always do that, but if I've got some cards I'm going to uh, submit to ComC, uh, I'll kind of check and see whether there are any of them, you know, if it's already very, very competitive or if it's wide open. And do, do most people do that or most people just kind of think, hey, this is a nice card I'm going to send in? So the way when I when I talk to somebody on social media who's never consigned with us before, usually they they say, hey, I have all of these cards. How do I get started? And my top recommendation to them is, you know, if you know the value of your cards, don't send them all at once. Send us a small batch of 50 to 100 of your best cards, you know, so you you know only have to pay, you know, $30 of upfront, you know, out of pocket. Right, right. And then once all those better cards sell, now you've accumulated store credit and now you can use that store credit to send okay. in, you know, the lesser value cards. And so we kind of recommend that new sellers uh, build up kind of a snowball, if you will, into their account. You know, it starts small and rolls downhill until, you know, eventually they have everything submitted that they want. And I think with that experience, that also kind of gatekeeps people to spot checking cards and getting familiar with the system rather than just sending it in all at once and having it all hit their account at once and then kind of feeling overwhelmed, like, okay, now I have to price out, 
all of these cards. So to ease them into a com- the, the Comsi selling experience, that's really the sweet spot and what we're trying to teach. And okay. that I think lately, the past year or so, I, I've really seen uh, new sellers and even older sellers start to do a little bit more homework, start to spot check their cards, kind of like what you're talking about, um, and really focus on sending in you know the more valuable and, and the more unique cards that we don't have a ton of copies of. So I think but, that in more recent years, they're, they're doing a much better job. But it's it's difficult, James. I mean, basically, if if you're not an advanced collector or somebody that's been involved for a long time and, and somebody just get, you know, say you're a kid and your dad or your uncle or your mom gives you uh, some cards, you, you may not even know what they are. And to look them up in a, in a Beckett price guide, you, you, you may not know where to look in the print product. If you go into the uh, online price guide, it's still you have to know if you go into ComC and say, well, here's. Here's the player, and but I don't know what set it is. But at least I know the. Uh, I guess at least they know the card number or something like that. It's hard to identify the card to know what they have. It would take a long time to look up a big stack of cards. So, so what, what uh, do you recommend for that? I would recommend you know there are there is that segment of collectors out there that may have inherited a collection or you yeah. know they collected at one point and now they're in their thirties and they're not sure where to look. You know we do offer some general guidelines like type in the name of the player and the card number, uh, and that usually gets them in a good spot on ComC right. to be able to, you know, image match at that point. Um, but um, I would like to say that I do think with the younger collectors, I, I do I do really think that in the world that we live in with all the information available and how easy it is to access it with smartphones, I think that a lot of the younger collectors, the kids that we see at the National, for example, they know the value of everything. And if they don't know the value of something, they know how to, they know how to look that up pretty easy. Right, right. Okay. Uh, it's, it's actually incredible. Like I, I remember as a kid, I had to look up, you know, look it up in price guides. I would look up, yeah. I would have a Beckett or a tough stuff or something like that um, back then. Um, and so, you know, but there were cards that I didn't know the value of. And I do remember as a kid, you know, I got taken for a ride in, in a couple yeah. of trades. So, well, but, try looking up Mickey Mantle seven. <laughs> see what you get. Try look up Mickey, uh, Michael Jordan twenty three. <laughs> You're going to okay. get pages. Got you there. Pages. Yep. But I'm just saying it's it's uh, it's wonderful that the hobby is complex and dynamic, but it also can be uh, uh, perhaps scary for somebody coming in that doesn't have uh, uh, years of experience to know. Uh, what would be better? But I, I guess they they can get up to speed fast enough. And the fact that you're giving actual images is um, an excellent way to say, "Hey, I have that. That's the card I have," uh, because it's you know because I'm holding it in my hand and I'm looking online and on the ComC website, it's that's the same thing. Unfortunately, yeah. there are parallels that are so similar that sometimes it's hard to to know that you have the exact match. But but that's just the challenge. That's just the challenge of of, uh, of big data. Um, tell me about the show. Well, any other plans for uh, 2020 for ComC besides, uh, I think, um, you know, 2020, I, I think we really want to set our, our vision on just improving all everything that we offer. Um, you know, we've grown tremendously over the last, you know, three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that has come some growing pain. So I think, you know, we, we've just launched the auctions feature. And, and I yeah. think, you know, once that kind of hits its stride, I, I think our goal for 2020 is to just really improve all of our offerings and just make ComC a better service overall for, you know, no matter what you do, if you're a buyer, a seller, a flipper, you know, I think it's just about, you know, looking at where we're at in the hobby, you know, trying to offer what we offer to the best of our ability. Um, and then of course, you know, looking in, you know, the hobby's always changing. So, you know, we could, you know, pivot very quickly if we want to, but, but for the foreseeable future, I just see us as, you know, just trying to provide a really, really great service for what we, what we offer, you know, once, once auctions are up and running. Well, I think that's cool. I mean, it's great to have another uh, another way for people to uh, again. When when the industry is strong, then liquidity is strong. That mm-hmm. means you have cards, and you want to get some. You want to get maybe not full full value out of it, but you can you can turn your cards into cash. And ComC is an excellent uh, 
it's not the only platform for doing that, but it's an excellent platform for doing that. And as, as my listeners know, it's something I've enjoyed for gosh, a number of years now. I think it's, I don't know, it's been 10 years, but not quite 10 years. I think it's been eight or nine years. I think I've had an account there and it's been fun. Um, what, uh, what was your highlight at the national this year? Uh, the, the national this year, it, it was a lot of fun. This year was one of the first years that we really focused on our booth design. And so we had a, a giant hanging banner above our booth or a giant kind of like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, like the four-sided, you know, high up above the booth uh, to kind of really stand out and be visible from a long distance. And so for me, it was the the whole process of I personally designed that uh, and then watched it get delivered and set up. Um, so so seeing that get set up for the first time was very cool. Um, for me, it's just always meeting the faces, meeting people and putting faces to names that I see online, you know, whether it's a Twitter handle or an email address. Um, you know, that's always a highlight. I think this national was pretty cool because uh, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, and <laughs> his, his position in the hobby. So I think it was really cool just to see him out on the floor buying and yeah. selling yeah. like a normal, like like an everyday collector, you know. And he, you know, with all of his business ventures, he certainly doesn't need to do yeah. that. So so for me, that that kind of showed through is like this is something that he actually cares about for him to spend four days out here on the floor. Um, and then of course, just me seeing seeing my friends in the hobby. I, I always say that you know that's better than any card I could buy. Um, at the national is just, just seeing it all, everybody, you know, and kind of having that kind of yearly get together. James, that's a great note to end on. I, I think the national was very positive and Gary V and James good and Jim Beckett. We're all just kind of big kids that uh, are enjoying a hobby that's uh, kind of turned into an industry, but it's still an awful lot of fun and can be rewarding for people who, uh, who, uh, who know how to, how to work it. And ComC has been a, a great uh, contributor to my enjoyment of the hobby. Thanks for your part in that, James. Thanks listeners for listening today. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. And I'll, I'll be back with James uh, one of these days because uh, there's more stuff brewing at ComC. And uh, again, thanks everybody. See you tomorrow.